Does answering questions from your kids make you bonkers? Are you looking for ways to manage their curiosity without going nuts? Well, you've come to the right place. I'm Lauren Tatum, and this is Do It All. Today, we're talking about tiny people and the seemingly endless barrage of questions they hurl at us, as well as how to maintain our sanity without being dismissive. Now, kid questions can be a lot of fun, especially when the questions are science or art related, because those kinds of questions can lead to hands-on activities and experimentation, which can spark inspiration, foster new hobbies, even be the cornerstone of a career down the line. But what do you do after a long day at the office, when all you really want to do is slump back on the couch and kick your feet up, but your five-year-old wants to know why there's hair on the back of their knuckles. That's what we're getting into today. How do we manage it in a situation like that where you just want to shut out the world, but your kids are still slinging those questions at you? How do you back away from those situations gracefully without being dismissive, without hurting feelings, and without closing the door permanently on having the tiny people in your life approach you with what to them are incredibly important questions. The first thing that I would say about that is answer the questions. I know, I know, I know you hate me. Answer the questions. <laughs> Seriously, do it. Um, because you are that child's most trusted source for information. Okay, they, they count on you for everything. They trust you implicitly and totally. So you have to answer the questions. That's kind of what you signed up for when you started taking care of that kid, whether they're your biological child or not. That's what you signed up for. You signed up to be their dictionary and their encyclopedia, their thesaurus. They, you are their Google, okay? You, you know everything as far as your little tiny person knows. But... There is a flip side. There's an upside, actually. Um, as I mentioned, you know, some of these kid questions can be really fun. They can spark interesting activities, excursions. Um, they can inspire new hobbies. So some of them can be really fun. Others can be just mind numbing, like having your child ask you for probably the 45th time this week what your favorite color is. Yeah, it sucks. It does. And I'm, I mean, I'm pinching the bridge of my nose right now just thinking about it because, boy, I'm so tired of that question. <laughs> so I have to set boundaries. I have to set boundaries, and I think that you should too. You need to teach your child that, yes, I am here for you. Yes, you can come to me and ask me literally anything, but here are the parameters within which you can approach me with your questions. So maybe it's uh, maybe it's setting a number of questions. You know, okay, you get three or four or five questions, and then then we're done. Okay, then we're gonna go do something else. Then I want you to go play in your room, or go color, or go watch a TV show, something. Um, 
So give them some options. You know, okay, we'll answer questions for a little while, and then what would you like to do so that you get them distracted and doing something else so that they're not just right there in your face um, when you would much rather be binging on, I don't know, the Queen's Gambit or something like that. So set those boundaries, set them right away, and do it early. You can start doing this with children as young as two. You really can. And I, I speak from experience. If you're getting a whole bunch of feedback from your toddlers and you're like, okay, honey, ask me one more and then we're going to go have a snack or then we're going to go take a nap or whatever it is, give them, you know, give them those very clear cut boundaries. And the younger you start it, the more likely they are to, uh, to become a habit where your child will come to you and ask you only a couple of questions and then go, okay, now I'm going to go do this over here. It'll become more uh, automatic for them as well. So try and think about that and like the ways in which you can set boundaries with the tiny people in your life. Additionally, I would say questions from your tiny people can give you a lot of insight into what they're thinking. So try as hard as you can not to be dismissive when they come to you with what seems like a really goofy question um, or, or a really goofy story even. I find that asking questions is the best way to get a conversation going with a small person and to find out what it is that they're, you know, what, what they're dwelling on. Like what is going on inside a five-year-old's head, an eight-year-old's head, a three-year-old's head? Let's find out. Um, my favorite question for that is, how did you sleep? I know it sounds like kind of ridiculous, but it works. It really does because they'll tell you that they either slept well or that they slept poorly. And if they slept poorly, then you can ask them why. And there needs to be this back and forth and back and forth. Oh, you didn't sleep well? How come? Why didn't you tell me about that? Oh, well, I was having nightmares. Uh-oh, what was the nightmare about? And you can start you know, that, that dialogue and get that going back and forth. And maybe you'll find out your, in your child's you know, greatest fear or their greatest ambition and, you know, whatever it is that they, that they love the most or that scares them the most or something that, that they've just been dwelling on, something that was bothering them, that can often come up in like the dreams that your kids have. So how did you sleep is a fantastic door opener to get some, you know, some back and forth dialogue going with your child and gaining some insight into what's going on inside their head. Again, with the boundaries. You have to respect theirs if you want them to respect yours. So if they're not in the mood to talk, respect that, okay? If, if they say, oh, I had a nightmare, and you say, oh, well, what was it about? And they go, well, I don't want to talk about it. Offer them some options. Say, oh, okay, that's fine. You know, we don't have to talk right now. Do you, do you need a hug? Should we snuggle? Um, do you just need to be alone for a little while? Just be by yourself? Give them some options. Let them know that they are in control, that they have some some semblance of control over their, uh, not their environment exactly, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like they've got some kind of control over their experiences and how, when, and whether they share those experiences with others. So put that out there, give them some options, and make yourself available. That's like the number one thing for me um, when it comes to really building a great relationship with the tiny people in my life. They need to know that I am here for them at any time. They can always come to me. So 
with those, again, with those boundaries in place that I have been working on with them for as long as they can remember, they can come to me within those parameters at any time of the day or night. If you need me, I'm here and I will do my best to answer your questions. What goes along with that is admitting when you don't know. Because these tiny people who see you as their Google, they need to know that you're not Google. Okay, they need to know that you don't know everything. You are not this endless fount of information. You don't know the answer to every single question. But the way that you can, can get them to keep coming to you with their questions and to keep trusting you and to keep seeing you as a reliable source is to say something like, you know, I'm not sure. Let's go find out and then go ask Google. <laughs> Or, or your doctor or somebody close to you who has the, who does have the information, who does have the expertise or the training or whatever it is that, uh, you know, that your child has asked you about that's not in your wheelhouse, show them that you will help them find somebody who does know. You know, you will find a, a reputable website. You will find a reputable professional to help find out what, what the answer to their question is, right? So do... Do make a point of that. Let them know right from the jump, I don't know everything. I am not Google, but we will find out together and I will help you do it. And finally, I will leave you with this little tidbit. If they're old enough to ask, they're old enough to know. Let me say that one more time. If they're old enough to ask, they are old enough to know. Your child has asked you about you know, growing hair on the back of their knuckles or what is sex or whatever the question might be. If you get a what is sex question from your six-year-old in an age-appropriate manner, answer that question because you don't want your six-year-old going out and trying to find that information from somebody else, asking another kid on the playground or I don't know, maybe even maybe they're even old enough and capable enough to, to Google something like that. And God only knows what they'll find if they type that question into a search engine, right? So answer their questions. They found out about it somehow. You know, they heard the word or they heard a phrase and it sparked their curiosity. So in an age-appropriate manner, respond. Tell them what it is. If they're old enough to ask, they are old enough to know, and you want them getting their information from a reputable source, from someone who cares about them and their well-being, and not off the internet or from some little kid. If they're old enough to ask, they're old enough to know. Answer their questions, but maintain your sanity by setting really clear-cut boundaries with your kids. They will thank you for it, and you'll feel a lot better too. Thanks for listening. I'm Lauren Tatum. This is Do It All.